Soccer podcast by two United fans. I'm Notch. I'm Colin. And I'm Caleb. This week is Heinerton, Heinerton, Heinerton! Rivalry, rivalry, rivalry. Drink fucking Heinertons, you fuckers! Heinerton! We're back this week after taking yet another week off. It's the summer. We got summer vacation. And uh, my voice is going to be extra sultry this week because I, I have a bit of a throat infection. Uh, too much fun in KC. Dude, that was Saturday and you still sound like gravel. Yeah. You I, had fun at that time? I'm actually now a really lame superhero. I can lay gravel really well. and uh, I mean, so. it's very utilitarian. Yeah. 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 Hey, so, we, you know, we always ask a question, right, before we start our podcast so that all of us can become human characters that our listeners can relate to and uh, come back to listen to what's going on in our lives every week. So I'm going to ask you a question this week, which is, if you guys were to ask a question this week for our intro, what question would it be? Oh, I hate this so much. Yeah. <laughs> um, actually, I do have one. Let's um, do that instead. <laughs> So, I wrote a thing over at E Pluribus Lunum naming every single Minnesota United player as a state fair food. Um, pick a former Minnesota United player and identify the state fair food that they would be. Okay, Johnny Steele would be that uh, horrible fried pineapple because it's not coming back next year. I've never had it. I don't even know. I, I'm not. You don't tell me. I think about this. No, no, mine, mine works perfect as a segue. That's the oh, problem. Okay. Um, although Jeb Brovsky is poutine because that's my favorite go-to, and he was my favorite when he was on the team. So, yeah, aw, shucks. So with that. Um, Tyrone Mears is Summit Brewing's lazy sipper because <laughs> when it first came out at the fair, nobody actually liked it at all. And yet, somehow, it ended up getting a much bigger release in the Summit Summer Box. And it turned out to be the thing that absolutely everybody hated in that 12-pack. Really? Yeah. I thought you were going to be like, they hated it at the fair, but in the pack, it was really popular. No, no. Had another life over in England. It was crazy. (laughs) Right in the Midlands. Yeah, who knew? they're, They're serving it now at West Bromwich Albion Stadium. You know, like... is The Hawthorns. The Hawthorns, I was going to say. yeah. What a pretentious stadium name. I mean, every English Premier League stadium name is something like that. I mean, Almost. except like the Stadium of Light, which sounds like a place that people drank Kool-Aid and died because they thought they were going well, to ascend. Well, yeah. Sunderland is gone. Yeah, Sunderland's in League <laughs> One, bro. <laughs> it pretty much happened. All right, all right. Well, it's time to uh, to move into our first segment, a segment that we call United Passions. Our sport has a bright future ahead. In the United Passions segment, we talk about the United that we are most passionate about, Minnesota United FC, which tried our patience again in Kansas City. I'll give you my quick away trip report. Always fun to hang out with the KC Cauldron at their tailgate. Such good uh, peoples. Yeah, yeah. We're very welcoming. Swap beers. Fun times. Went in the stadium. 
Children's Mercy Park, always a nice stadium. We were very loud in there. Uh, facilities were great, blah, blah, blah. Uh, game, well, we'll talk about the game. And then, you know, the bus ride back, actually, not so bad. We did the whole, like, 24 hours there and back thing. Oh, I enjoyed it. Sounds exhausting. Yeah. It was, I but... I feel so bad for you. Yeah. That's why I didn't do that. Also, because I suffered through it the first time. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, I on retrospect, I would have appreciated being able to go and angrily talk to people at a bar after the game, but... um. Actually, angrily talking during the game was pretty fantastic. That's what happened at the townhouse. Yeah, I was screaming at people during the game, so... Yeah, so were we. Yeah, 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 okay, I see. Yeah. Well, anyway, we, we did lose 2-0. Um, we did manage, though, to have our first scoreless first half against KC in history. So, there, that's something, right? Right? That's a consolation is prize. It? I mean, not is it? really. That home is record, it? y'all, like, you know, that's nice that's and shiny. Not true. Wait, first, scoreless first half, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, no. I don't mean the entire game. It was the. I'll look up the stat. You wait. keep talking. First, wait, I'm sorry. First I could have sworn there was a. Away at Casey at, at Mercer yeah. Park, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Did yeah, I not I say that. away? Yeah, my bad. You, yeah, my bad. Yeah. Missed like, that part. You I was beat like, two nothing at home last year. No, I, I, yeah, I, yes, away, 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 away. Made much more sense. The LS has er- rattled my brain, guys. It's, it's gone to my head. I only have a few more weeks of coherence left. Let's get what we you can. You had them in the first place? Oh, shit. Damn. I really just set myself up for that, didn't yes, I? Yes, you did. Yeah, okay. Yes, you did. Well, also, KC, though, set us up for a lot of tears by scoring twice. Uh, Johnny Russell helpfully giving the assist on the second goal so that his name turned up in the post-game report. For an asshole. What do you have against Johnny Russell specifically? He hates Darby Tony. Uh, and all their well, former players. It, it's just I don't know. that, you know, it's, it's, you, when, you, when you go to a stadium and you get beat, you always want the obscure player to beat you. You don't want the, like, marquee guy to score against you or, like, show up in an assist or something. Oh, yeah, you mean like Johan Croze coming off the bench as a DP and then scoring within two minutes? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Uh, that yeah. was also pretty shitty. Yeah, yeah, because when it's like the, the, the like you know guest star of the show who basically gets that line in, the audience doesn't go that crazy with their laughter. But when it's like Ross saying something uh, wacky to Monica, then the whole audience like cheers like crazy. And when you're in the stadium, you don't want that, you know what I'm saying? That's why that's why I was upset to see Johnny Russell do something. So what did you guys say? So, speaking of which, what did you guys think of our team? Our boys. First half wasn't terrible. Yeah. I thought we had the most dangerous chance of the half with uh Mason Toy in the corner kick late in the half. I'm just trying to awkward for him to turn around and find the ball. And he almost had it in. So Start speaking of which, Toy starting over Dunlady Shock Horror, Kelsu Priest. I, I actually yeah, I don't know. do want to talk about this. Let's do it. So I very much respect your premise that given that this was kind of a throwaway game anyway, because Quintero was out and it's not like we're going to beat Kansas City in Kansas City anyway. Yeah, it's a perfect game to put in a developing striker. Here's my question. Isn't Abu Lottie that striker? Is he? Is he clearly ahead of Mason Toy in your head? He looked really good when he came on. He's looked good in some appearances, and I think he deserves a run out. He's been starting lineup. Yeah. Flanked by Tui Barros. Also, he's scored in MLS before. 
True. Yeah. He's our only threat to destroy an MLS. I, also, I think you're you're attributing oh more oh words God. like okay, Casey's gonna obviously beat us or whatever. My only premise was that it's lit, you know we're not making the playoffs. Let's let that's give the kids yeah, some time. That, that part I no, think is yeah. yeah and, I think and, that's that's probably more of where I'm definitely on the play the kids, play the development guys. But Abu Dinladi still needs to develop. So so here's here's my two points. Number one, in my head, Abu's kind of a known quantity and. Putting on a good striker to run up against defenses late in the game, that could be something that works. And also, we had a good striker on there. Angelo was there, so it's not like we had nobody up top. Okay, so um, this brings me to producer Nick's tweet about how Angelo Rodriguez is complete garbage. Um, it's only been, what, three games at this point? Four, Four maybe? Three of those on the road. Yeah. What are our actual impressions of Rodriguez right now? He's thick as hell, boy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, it's, we it's call talk true. After dark. <laughs> he, he, okay. So I, I have to, again, plead somewhat of ignorance because I, there were times when I wasn't looking at the pitch during attack. But when I did look at the pitch, he seemed to be making some threatening runs. He has a physicality to him that I do appreciate. And, um, it's that same annoying quality that's so beloved to Minnesota United, which is that he gets the ball, he gets it into just almost that right position, and then it doesn't go anywhere. Oh, like Omar Daly and Yago. And others. Yeah. Many and others. others. Many, and others. Many, many others. But And our I, Lord and Savior who uh, died for our sins, Sam Nicholson. Oh, I thought you meant Ibsen. <laughs> Hello. No, no, he's still here. It's fine. Sam Nicholson's yeah, fine, the guys. Holy Ghost. Ibsen's the Lord and Savior. Okay. Anyway. Got it. Uh, Rodriguez is the same problem that we had with Ramirez. He he needs quality service to put balls on net, and he doesn't have that, which makes the whole move for him and moving Ramirez out much more questionable. He's almost a light for light switch. We know what Ramirez has, we don't know what Rodriguez has, and he still needs the same amount of service, the same quality of service. You, it seems you think, like it's it's the I, I have to disagree on that, actually. Really? You, you think Rodriguez is going to put a Yelp review for Minnesota United? Like, the food was good, but the service wasn't great. Like, <laughs> four out of five. Like. So, uh, my issue with Rodriguez so far is that he makes these excellent runs, and uh, aside maybe from Quintero, he's the only one that I would trust taking the ball from the top of the attacking third into somewhere you can actually get a scoring chance. Ibarra? Um, at, at times, okay. I, I think fair. it's, yeah, I, I think the fact that he's a bulldozer helps <laughs> he's, Rodriguez. He's absolutely a bulldozer. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. It, the problem is that his finishing is so far away from clinical. Like he's an accurate shooter, but his shot choices just have not been good and yet. That might be due to the service to him in the box. Because when he gets the ball in the box, he's, for the most part, is his back is to goal. I'm just going to give you some late-breaking uh, information <laughs> for producer Nick, which is he needs to score goals followed by three exclamation marks. Yeah, so and Absolutely. He, he's our striker. We have, again, we have one striker on our roster who has scored goals in MLS. And that, and he's, and that striker has scored one this year. So, so there needs to be some production, some sort of points, either goals or assists at this point. You know, and this is a player who... Sure, he hasn't been with probably without our best player for the past two games, but 
he hasn't shown enough yet. And he probably won't until next year if he is still on the team. Speaking of our roster, something else that occurred in this game is that both Mr. Calvo and Mr. Boxel have now accumulated enough yellow cards to be suspended for our next game. That leaves Brent Coleman, Jerry Tiasson, and uh, Mark Birch's ghost as the fit defenders. Wyatt Amsbird. What did I say? I did say Mears. No, all three of you that you said were yeah. correct. Oh, right, right, right. Amsberg. Amsberg. And, and Omsberg, of course, yeah. yes. Uh, Carter Manley can be recalled, too. Um, Awundi. No, 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 we'll talk about why Awundi's performance but shouldn't, also, but also the I'm fact... I'm not convinced he's real. He's the Brandon Allen of this year. I've seen him in pictures and video, but I'm not sure he actually hey, he exists. Scored, he played against the Prisa, man. He was all right against the Prisa. And like apparently that one guy in Charlotte thought he was very good. So, Oh, oh trust me. <laughs> oh, that was one week. week. Um, there's anyway. also the fact that Awundi probably cannot be rostered the rest of the year because he takes up an international slot that, that will be to... taken up by Fernando yeah. Bob. Uh, yes. And Okay. Uh, so so this was uh, a problem for our next game. This is a problem for our next game, which is two and a half weeks from now, uh, which is annoying, I, I have to add. I, someone told me is this it, after the game. Is it? I might be kind of relaxing this weekend. I don't have to worry about anything. I don't know if I have space for happiness in my life, guys. So, Oh, jeez. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so this anyway. just got really quick, dark quick, really just fast. Not just mental health real quick. <laughs> We're going back to the character I used to have on the show that was like super self-depreciating back in the day. And uh, it kind of somehow we, went away. Earlier this last... season? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, any, any other final thoughts on this game? Ibsen hit the bar. Um, Bobby we, Shuttleworth. Didn't have a good game. But... He's been so strong for so long, it's hard to take him out now. Yeah, I thought Let's he had get, a good first half, and yes, the second half was... was yeah, he's allowed yeah, to make some mistakes. He's got, enough, he's, he's got been, enough stuff saved in the back. He's won us points, multiple points this year. Um, yeah. Romario and Dunlady looked very good coming off the bench and added a spark. I want Romario and Miguel to start. Same team. On the, so, on the same, uh, I, uh, same, same team. Same starting 11. Same team. Start. Miguel Miguel uh, went off for Romario, and I started singing, we've got two bars in paradise, and someone like loudly interrupted me. I was like, there's only one on the pitch, man. I was like, you are taking this too seriously, man. Way <laughs> too seriously. take my joy away. Right, Rocky seriously. We're, we're two losing 2 nil, buddy. Like, come on. But uh, Bob, Bobby, you know, I also felt a little bad for all the other Minnesota United players because after the game, they all came over and we were singing like generic Minnesota United songs. And then Bobby got his own song. Because well, yeah, <laughs> he's Bobby. And he's also, right. yeah, he's Bobby. Well, he's yeah, also yeah. the pork chop on a stick. Tyrone Mears has gone over to West Brom Albion. We did not request a transfer. This was a humanitarian thing, guys. We are now as good as the United Nations because we let Tyrone Mears go by mutual consent. We released him from his contract and he signed for West Brom. And he started their Carabao Cup game. So any reactions, guys, beyond the whole championship is a retirement league, blah, blah, blah. West Brom? Weren't they in the Premier League last year? They were. They they also signed Tyrone Mears. They also only have seven defenders, including Tyrone Mears. Oof. So, so that might explain. He also played with um, dude who coaches West Brom Albion. Uh, Darren Moore. Darren yeah. Moore at Derby County, I believe. Earlier in the lifetime, he has suffered. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> okay. Strangely enough, I do want to point this out. Um, Tyrone Mears had the tackle that started up the counterattack 
that led to Darby's only goal in their 1-0 win over West Brom in the EFL promotion playoff final back in 2006, I believe. The following season, Darby County had the worst record in Premier League history. So, it's Tyrone Mears' fault that Darby County (laughs) was in the Premier League in the first place, and it was over West Brom. I believe we talked about that when he signed back in the day, but um, I remember talking about that Derby County squad at some point in the past, or maybe we were talking about Minnesota United's record or something. Anyway, also should be mentioned that Rasmus Schuler has been called up to the Finnish national team for the UEFA Nations League matches against Hungary on September 8th and Estonia on September 11th, never forget. And uh, and uh, Francisco Calvo also called up to the Costa Rica national team, which will push his suspension back another game. Oh, so great. he'll miss yeah. next two games. Oh, beautiful. which is that how that works? It shouldn't. He's he's missing the game. <laughs> Let him come back. You um, know, honestly, at this point, do we want him to come back? Yeah. Stop yeah. shitting on the team. Uh, also, by the way, this whole Finnish call-up situation, I realized that there's a guy on the Finnish national team called Alex Ring. He plays for New York City FC. I know, I know. I did not know he was Finnish because he sounds like he's from Brooklyn. Alex Ring. Yeah. Yeah. He should be like... Alexander Ringensen Gunhansen, you know, that like, is racist, and I don't appreciate it. Also, that would be Icelandic. <laughs> you know, all those Scandinavian Not all names are the same. Not. <laughs> uh, all right, let's move on now to a segment that we call the top step. But the queen rise to the top. Oh yeah! In the top step, we cover the latest news from America's Division One leagues, Major League Soccer, and the NWSL. I also want to point out, producer Nick has a soundboard for us this week. So instead of editing in all the cues, the sound cues afterwards, uh, we get to hit buttons. And just think about the possibilities that this allows us. I could have fart noises all that morning, AM radio jockey stuff. <laughs> like, we could get all of that stuff going in the future, guys. Dude, you literally just heard me make a fart noise. Also, Colin saying literally is probably going to be on the soundboard. Literally. <laughs> literally. <laughs> Nick, get the best take. Literally. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, uh, this was Heineken Rivalry Week, making our... Analysis more intense. We're going to be playing action music over this segment as a result. And I'm going to be talking like this. New York City FC playing New York Red Bulls. The score ending 1-1. Yeah. Uh, are, we, are, we all, are we all doing that? Or is that a... <laughs> I do not see... Uh, is there notes in there? I, 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 should do I that do not, I do not, not hear I'm, any um, 80s hair metal in the background. So I'm assuming that's actually just notch being incoherent again cool um two red cards for new york city fc in this one uh eloy amagat got sent off in his mls debut frankly they looked a lot better with him not on the field and, and his tackle was kind of studs up it was very studs very up. studs up the first thing i saw was ted uncle coming out to referee this game i was like there's gonna be cards here and then when he pulled out the red cards, both times i was like oh ted uncle Boy, what are you doing, Ted Uncle? And then they were justified. Like, oh, yeah, absolutely. the second you one. You see the replay and you're like, oh my God. Ebenezer Afori, who should have been born about 300 years ago, was sent off in the second <laughs> half for studs up on the back of BWP's calf. Like, that's like the worst place that I can think of studs hitting. But of course, the first time that you saw it, you were like, wait, what? And the second what time. Was... And yeah. the third time that you saw it. And then you saw them zoom in on the calf and you're like, oh. 
Oh but my. That that's the uncle zone, man. You got like much more uh doubt of every one of his calls. He also had two more red cards this week. Again, justified. That's crazy. I, I never expected that. Hey, speaking of red, by the way, Red Bulls away jerseys, I did not know this, are really red. Mm-hmm. So red. Yeah, they're like so I didn't see their name or something. Yeah. Yeah, weird. It's funny how the awake kid is right. Anyway. Yep. <laughs> um, usual suspects scored for both BWP for Red Bulls, David Villa for NYCFC. Cancel MLS. Ratings too low. You know, if you're going to get the two main characters to fall in love like everyone's <laughs> expecting. Come on, man. Uh, Chicago. David Villa is Diane. Uh, speaking of the two main characters falling in love, Chicago and Columbus, the ugly stepchildren of the league, played, and the game ended 1-1. Importantly, though, seven bajillion fans were in the stadium, according to MLS, uh, when the actual footage started coming out. It was like two guys and a dog. You did, you did hear them, like the guy who was supposed to turn the headstone. One Chicago fan, ah, 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 click. <laughs> two Chicago fan, ah, ah, ah. One dog, ah, ah. Uh, like going back to his cave. Though, to be fair, though, Chicago's really getting ready for this USL team coming in. They really are. Yeah, I mean, this was very NASL chic of them. You know, you could hear all the players <laughs> shouting into the microphones. There was just that one random guy at the corner shouting something about scorpion mascots, and it was it felt very NASL to watch a game like this in an empty stadium. Uh, kind of like uh, the Fort Lauderdale Stadium. Yeah. No. Um, God, God this, how uh, we forget? It was something, how soon we forget? Something really terrible and ancient. Yeah, yeah. It's, well, uh, rest in peace. They got trees growing on the pitch now, and the photos that were last. Uh, downloadable content for the newest Uncharted. Yeah, right. Well, anyway, uh, let's move on from the attendance. Stephen Cleveland in goal for Chicago. Uh, uh no, it's Columbus. No, it was Cleveland. No, it's Columbus. No, it's Cleveland. It's Columbus. We should both be in front of a tree. For the next couple of months, it's Columbus. We should be in front of a tree pulling off, like, posters. Duck season. Rabbit season. Duck season. Anyway, Stephen Cleveland, the backup keeper for Chicago in goal, and Sir Richard Sanchez. And uh, Milton Valenzuela, who will always keep, never, always, I always think he's got the wrong name, man. He should be Milton Venezuela. Like, what the hell, dude? If I was born with the name Valenzuela, I would change it. Just for how much easier it would be. I mean, you're not a baseball fan, so Fernando Valenzuela, mm-hmm. like, yeah. that dude was awesome. This one wasn't, at least in this game, because he sent in a terrible pass, intercepted by Nemanja Nikolic for the goal for Chicago, and then Nico Hansen getting the leveler for Columbus three minutes before the game ended. I feel so bad for the Chicago fan that saw that. <laughs> Houston playing FC Dallas in the Texas uh, Hootenanny is that would that be the the appropriate word for <laughs> I, I hope so down there. Uh, two goals in this game again the game ending 1-1 this was very Heineken rivalry uh, chic apparently yeah. all the midweek games should have ended 1-1 and then two goals 83rd and 88th minute Dallas and Houston whole lot of missed shots before that the Friday night games switch things up a little bit there were slightly more goals in one of them um orlando losing 2-1 to atlanta united and you have to say it not you have to say it not no not i'm not going to it's in the notes i'm not going to it's in the notes you you have to admit it you have to admit say the words 
There's okay. only five of them. Joseph Martinez is good. And that's our new drop. Awesome. We got it, guys. Got no, it. I see, I see, I timed it. <laughs> I said it while he was talking, so it can't be put on there. <laughs> so anyway, Joseph Martinez scored his 28th goal in his MLS, which is a record breaker. And he took his shirt season. off and held it up. You know, so I'm hoping that that becomes but a new more player impor- holds a shirt up meme. More importantly, though, he realized that when he pulled off his shirt, it was inside out. And as he was about to show it to the crowd, he was like, oh, shit, I need to undo this. See, and if it was me, I would have been like, hmm, this smells a little bit. Go do laundry, come back, <laughs> like Febreze it a bit, then hold it up, you know. So, so he, was, he was a little bit better than others. What, what, what would you guys say if there was, he runs to the side and there's like an assistant ready to throw him another jersey so he doesn't need to take his off and then he holds that up. I that, think that, like, that the, the theatrical card, flourish of that would be really good. It's yeah. a card, wouldn't it? No, it, but he's not taking well, his off. He's just, he wouldn't be using a prop. Because then yeah, Armentaro's in control for like waving a flag earlier this year. Is that because he ran up to the, onto the table stands? Oh, yeah. I, I think it was that because okay. it was entering the stands. Yeah. Um, awesome dumb. Okay, yeah. well, but, well, Martinez anyway. did not do that. Yeah. He did yeah. break the record. You know what he should have done, though? What? Run in front of the Iron Lion firm. Yeah. That would have been amazing. I'm pretty that sure. That would have been a way for him to die. Yeah, I was going to yeah. say but that would be, that would be out of the greatest troll move in MLS history. So, in uh, Greatest Hits of Orlando City supporterdom, there was another track that got added to the CD uh, with a Atlanta fan who was leaving the stadium getting basically clocked into the ground by a Atlanta, oh, presumably an Orlando fan, and then having his flag and belongings stolen uh, while he suffered a concussion from hitting the ground so hard. So, go Orlando City. Uh, at this point, I'm just going to put it out there. This is bullshit. This is a problem that the Orlando front office needs to address. The Orlando supporters have shown themselves clearly unable to police themselves. These are, there have been incidents of shit going down with these guys back to the, US, the USL days when they used to come and play the Rowdies in the Open Cup. This is constantly an issue. The front office has to step in. I know the people are like, well, they can't step in because then it sets a dangerous president of the front office and uh, the league controlling things. I am down for a degree of self-policing, but when it's proven that self-policing isn't working, someone needs to step in, and I'd rather it be the league and the team. If there's anyone that shouldn't be self-policing, it's somebody from Florida. <laughs> this is a lot of work to self-police down there. Uh, final game of we discussed in part one. LA plays LAFC in El Tráfico. Score is one one at the end of this. The game starts with some heavy smoke, simulating the smog that LA is used to. Very on brand, I thought. Yeah, very on brand. I think the only way they could be more on brand is if they actually had cars on the pitch, or like the players didn't move a bunch because they were stuck in their place <laughs> for hours on end. Oh, you mean their defense? Oh, damn. So, speaking of the defense, Caleb, helpfully reminding us when you're taking notes about the cost of yeah. LA Galaxy's uh, defense. Galaxy's defend- the Galaxy defense is the most expensive defense in MLS. History. His- yes. Didn't know that part. In MLS history. And it is bad. It's Could- really, really bad. The Galaxy go 1-0 up on a Zlatan Karate goal. Kick? Kind yeah. of thing going yeah. on. It, it, he chested it down and then like it lunged at it with one yeah. foot and it went in. But yeah. And the Galaxy managing to give LAFC a penalty through Barry Kitchen, who went late on a tackle, 
Vela sees a foot kind of like hanging around near his foot. And he's like, hmm, interesting. I could fall over right now and get a penalty. And he did. And he did. So uh, LAFC got the equalizer. I mean, he fell over because he got hit. Nah, he could have yeah. kept going. He could have kept going. That was a light touch. I'll give it to him. I See, I'm not having any, I don't have any issue with what he did. This is like one of those Gary Neville lazy leg situations where if you see a defender coming at you, you fall over in the box because it's the, the, the kind of benefit of getting a penalty is too high. So I, I'll give it to him. But uh, got to say, though, that it's kind of sad that the like L Trafico ended 1-1, man. I wanted some like bajillion goals from either side and, you know, people clogging up the traffic in Carson or something. I mean, that's it's already happened this year. True. Like a one-one every now and then is fine. I was very. It it makes everything sweeter when it's a four-three. I was very Heine nonplussed. You know, it was not a Heineken rivalry match. A Heine nonplussed rivalry match. Okay. (laughs) With that, it's time for us to take a break and end part one here. We'll return in part two with more U.S. soccer, more EPL. More Bundesliga, more Serie A, more... I'm just going to stop here. Welcome back to part two of We Call It Soccer. We're in the top step segment discussing MLS at the moment and Heineken Rivalry Week, which continued with the Philadelphia Union playing the New England Revolution and the game ending 1-0. What exact rivalry is this one? Revolutionary rivalry. Yeah. I think, it, I think this is the one that was called. Which is weird. It has one of two names in the name of the rivalry. That was really annoying. Maybe that was their like instigation. The rivalry started after that So anyway, this game ended one 0 and that's how the four. Corey Quirk scoring in the fifty-fifth minute. He was very nearly offside, and he took off his shirt very quickly after the goal, not waiting to see if his goal was called back. I was really hoping it was. I think you guys were too. over Montreal in the uh, Eastern Canada Derby, whatever they actually call it. I know there's a name for it. I don't understand what the name is because I can't, for the life of me, understand the Quebecois accent. But Let me look this up. I'll look it up. You keep talking. Uh, Sebastian Giovinco with a brace within 22 minutes. First one, fantastic run through the midfield, followed up by a nice little chip. Um, Jonathan Osorio figured the bag was not quite empty yet and shipped Evan Bush yet again. 
And then a minute after that, Alejandro Silva scored still in the smoke from the firework celebrations, which meant that all three of the goals happened in the first 30 minutes. So let's talk about in the rest of the time we have left to talk about this game. Let's talk about the fact that the, the, the derby between Toronto and Montreal is alternatively called the Canadian Classique, the 401 derby, and the Two Solitudes derby. That middle name, the 401 Derby, is named after the Ontario Highway 401. Very, very, very original there. Uh, and I don't know about this Two Solitudes. There's a book, apparently, and Cultural Phenomenon. Do you, do you guys know about this? No, Marathon. I mean, uh, it's, is it? This is Marathonach. We don't deal with Canadian books. USA, USA, or USA. forty-five novel by Hugh McLennan. And the plot revolves around life and times of fictional character Paul Tallards and this character's struggle in reconciling the differences between his English and French-Canadian identities. There you go. A. Courage. Is that A in the description? <laughs> please, please, no. If, I'll if, put it if, there. If it's it's not, Wikipedia. It will be now. If it's not, don't tell me. <laughs> uh, well, you, you know, that used to be the one of our earliest audio podcasts, like jokes. It used to be like, Whenever one of us said something that we weren't sure about, we'd be like, yeah, I'll go put it on Wikipedia. It'll be true after that. So let me let me just bring that back. It'll be true after this. All right. Anyway, uh, Colorado played RSL, or really speaking, RSL played Colorado, we should say, because this game ended 6-0 to Colorado. Uh, no, to RSL. RSL won 6-0. Oh, I meant Colorado. against Colorado. My bad, my yeah. bad. Yeah, and, and we, we just got to admit this, and it's, it's going to be hard. I know it might come as a shock, particularly our friends in the Rocky Mountain State. But Tim Howard's bad. Like, really, really bad. He needs to go far away. And now for a recurring segment, Are Colorado Good? Here's the better question. Who's worse, Tim Howard or Colorado as the rest of the team? Oh, gosh. I mean this as a very serious question. I mean, if they ask, ask yourself, is Colorado better with the mid-mathlete in goal? Yes. I'd say yes. So that would be That's Tim Howard right. then. I'd, I'd forgotten the mid-mathlete's on their bench who could be starting for multiple teams in MLS right now. That's absurd Yeah, that they're keeping him on the bench for Tim Howard's dying right hand. <laughs> Let's be honest. Like that, Tim Howard had multiple goals here where it hit him and it went in. There was one off of Joao Plata where he apparently made a great save, according to the Colorado announcers, and it directly parried off of him into Joao Plata's path, and he was able to volley it in. Right. Uh, also, like he he one timed it. Yeah, it was a perfect pass. Free, free the McMathley. I think this is this is the, the the hill we have to die on. Also, by the way, uh, speaking of hills and uh, other geographic features, this this derby is called the Rocky Mountain Cup, and they actually had a trophy for it. That's Aww. pretty nice. That is kind of sad. I mean, I'll give it to them. What no. else do they have up there? Anyway, uh, San Jose we played. Weed. Va- I was about to say that. Ah, oh, damn it. You're right. <laughs> and and good beer. But San Jose played Vancouver and lost three two. Uh, this unfortunately coming in spite of the fact that San Jose got two goals first in this game. Yeah, Jamir Hika gets an early goal. Uh, Magnus Eriksson gets a uh, penalty kick converted um, after Wando drew a penalty confirmed after VAR. And then 
San Jose turned into San Jose. Yeah. This was a very on-brand uh, week as far as performance was going because Colorado lost, we lost, San Jose lost. Toronto won, though, so that's weird. Very odd. I just like the fact that you said on-brand performances and you didn't mention Joseph Martinez scoring another shh, goal. Shh, <laughs> shh, I will not say it. New York Red Bulls played DC United in some of the, the crushing cans outside of stadiums derby. Uh, remember when DC United fans were crushing Red Bull outside the stadium that they were announced? Oh, and the least cool thing ever to happen in DC? Yeah, exactly. Yes, <laughs> including everything else that's happened in the past two years. Well, okay, so what are your opinions on the bald eagle TIFO, which had basically DC United logo with Wayne Rooney's I, head? I didn't know which supporter section it was coming from. Right. Which... Like, shout out to David Martin. He at least makes it very clear that it's Minnesota fans that are trolling the opposition. Right. Like, it was very strange. Anyway. Like, don't, don't admit to Wayne Rooney looking like that and being the face of your team. I thought I was going completely crazy because... I went online and everyone was like, oh, burned by the Red Bulls fans. This is so cool. I was like, what are you guys talking about? That TIFO could be shown by either side. And even the joke, if you see it as a burn, is, he's bald. <laughs> what? Seriously? I mean, the joke is that Wayne Rooney is ugly as shit. Well, I mean, I don't blame he him. Has he has feelings, Colin. Had his nose broken, you know, four weeks ago. Okay. Uh. Kaku put in a shot from outside the box to get the one goal in this game. Portland played Seattle in the Cascadia Derby main, and uh, Seattle won one nil. Uh, posting graphics after the game of Seattle players driving a duck truck full of felled trees back to Seattle. Uh, the Portland sign, welcome to Portland sign, going off, leaving only an L lit, and other social media wins. So uh, I guess that was the most interesting part of this game, though. I mean. I thought the most interesting part of the game was Gio Savarisi saying that his team was much better and yet they made one mistake and that's why they lost. I love the fact that Gio Savarisi protected his players there. No, I'm just kidding. I love the man. I can't say anything bad about him. So He wasn't lying either. Like Seattle wasn't that good in that game. Portland weren't that good either, but... But I think I've said on the pod before that, like, my thing is, like, we played really well except that one moment. Yeah, that one moment decided the game, though. So I'm sorry you didn't. You know what I'm saying? Like, moral victories ain't victories. End of the day. Yeah. Anyway, let's move on now to talking about the NWSL. Well, the first game of the week was Washington Spirit playing Utah. Utah getting the 1-0 win away from home. Amy Rodriguez scoring. No. Angelo Rodriguez? Also, A-Rod. Many other players also a- named. A-Rod. Yeah. A-A-Rod. <laughs> um, Amy Rodriguez scores <laughs> early for Utah after she cleans up her own rebound. Uh, it was also the return from injury for Kelly O'Hara. Fantastic to see. Portland playing Sky Blues and getting the 2-1 win. The early penalty kick for Christine Sinclair getting the first goal of the match. Um, and then Tobin Heath bouncing in a free kick because Sky Blues are really not that good. Um, also noted, there were seven minutes of first half stoppage and eight minutes of second half stoppage. The reason for that is because the air in the Pacific Northwest right now resembles the smoke that comes out of an unfiltered camel. Or the smoke that comes out of a normal day in LA. 
Seattle played North Carolina, and shock result, North Carolina only getting a tie. The champ, Lee champions, obviously off the, the, the burner, going to lose now. I mean, Seattle probably should have lost this game, or at least had a better chance to lose. Seattle, very hard done to not get a penalty on a handball by North Carolina in the box as they were up one nothing, and then North Carolina scores one late to there, tie it up. There's also the fact that Seattle's goal involved Caitlin Rowland <laughs> just completely <laughs> whiffing right. on it. Which probably, if we're being fair, should have counted as seven goals for Seattle or negative six goals for North Carolina. <laughs> Orlando playing Chicago Red Stars. The Red Stars escaping Orlando Stadium unhurt. Which, you know, speaking of Orlando fans, like, this is a yeah, big that's, thing. Yeah, that's actually yeah. saying something. Yeah, 3-1 result for the Red Stars. And Sam Kerr getting two goals in this game, including her 13th and 14th goals of the year. And then Di Bernardo, Di Scorzo, for Chicago's second as well. <laughs> Washington Spirit, then playing Portland. Thorns, Thorns getting the 1-0 Colin, win. Colin, do you have something to say? Um, I would like to apologize to everyone who goes to either Audi Field or the Maryland Soccer Plex. Uh, to go and support their Washington spirit uh, for completely and utterly cursing their team to being just abject this year. This The spirit, of what? course, <laughs> Collins pick for uh, doing well this year, early in the season. I, I at least thought they were going to be one of the more exciting teams to watch. They did get to play this last game in Audi Field, which had all of us saying, why don't they play all their games there? Come on, Audi Field, sort your shit out. It's... Because there's not really a link between them and DC United. I know, I know, but it's it's they can they can make the link happen. You know, you don't need an official business relationship to get the women's team playing in your awesome new soccer specific stadium. Compared to the Maryland Soccerplex, where I'm pretty sure that's a stadium that uh, what's his face, um, DM, Demarcus Beasley said it was the worst stadium he'd ever played in professional soccer, uh, and then said something about how the locker room was like they had a curtain separating it from the outside and he walked out to see some kid using the vending machine outside the locker room anyway i would love to see the women's team playing at audi field you got a new stadium come on you need tenants bring them in um i would love to see them play at audi field by that i mean like put in a decent performance oh so i look better oh uh houston the dash playing sky blues and uh, the dash running away with it (laughs) 6-1 i get it Frankly, in a 6-1 game, the most entertaining part of this was the announcer talking about the drums that the Dash supporters group were playing, saying that it sounded like the opening drum beat to Crazy Train, making reference to the sadly deceased Randy Rhodes, poor one out, R.I.P., and... Then subsequently, a cross comes in and the dash score. I mean, obviously, then he's got to <laughs> refer to, to Randy Rhodes from now on. And uh, I, I would like to, again, mention what I did when we were watching this game, which was that uh, I want the Houston Dash to seek out and find that awesome woman whose last name is Mark, who's a striker, put her up top and have Ohio provide service to Mark. So we get to say, oh, hi, Mark. Anyway, moving on. Let's now go into a segment that we call Get Low. In the Get Low segment, we talk about U.S. lower league soccer 
First up, the USL, where there were several games that had scores associated with them. North Carolina, Texas Rangers 6, Charlotte Independence 2. Oh, if, right. That if happened. If you want to feel really good about Ian Fuller's ability to scout international talent, do not under any circumstances, watch these highlights and realize that the guy that got beat for four of the North Carolina goals is Bertrand Awundi Echo. Echo, Echo, Echo. Is that the sound of him being completely <laughs> devoid from this room? See, all I heard when you said his Hopefully. name was static. Same thing happened last year with that player who came on loan from Red Bulls. I don't, <laughs> I don't know what's that. happening, but yeah. I, I just heard. <laughs> and so I'm cool. I, I don't understand. Real Monarchs playing LA Galaxy 2. The Monarchs getting the 4 nil win. Congratulations to Real Monarchs winning the game in. Um, what exactly is the Heineken Revelry Week for MLS 2 teams? Uh, I think it's um, like the Stella Artois really mad at you week. No, isn't it all duels? Some like, <laughs> some like near beer? Because aren't there, there's a bunch of young players in the USL, yeah. especially yeah. Wait a minute. two teams. So Does Heineken make caliber? Maybe, I possibly. Don't even know what that is <laughs> the duels like we should really dislike you, man. Yeah. Hey, uh, stop it. Yeah, the Odoos hey stop a week anyway <laughs> that's what it is now that's what I'm calling it uh, Tampa Bay Rowdy's playing FC Cincinnati Cincinnati getting the road victory 2-1 to one from two penalties the Rowdy's out shooting Cincinnati 32-7 and apparently one of those penalties according to all of the Tampa Bay Rowdy's fans I still follow on Twitter quite dodgy I gotta admit uh, Rowdy's such a penalty was baffling Rowdy's Twitter very entertaining I, I like them. They have spunk. And they got Fat Seven Deuce who makes all these fun photoshops, which is really cool. Yes, indeed. Also, Tamika McKindivare has called it a day on his career. He's, I believe, set to play one more game. Or actually, I think he this was his last one because he unveiled his farewell T4. I didn't know that they had an away game left. But he has called his an end to a career that I think spanned over 20 years. Yeah, something. Yeah, good for him. 17, 18 at least. Like, so, damn, dude was around forever. So, shout out to him. NISA has announced plans to apply for sanctioning for the league starting in fall 2019. Oh my god, this is going to happen again, isn't it? Oh, European calendar! European calendar! Kill me. It's, I hate everything. Okay, real quick. Real quick. First of all, it's not the European calendar. Second of all, we don't have to do things just because you do them in Europe. Third of all, fuck you, I don't want to watch a game in December outside, okay? I will do it if it's the MLS Cup. I'll do it begrudgingly. Hell, I'll even do it begrudgingly in March. But if you're going to tell me that we're going to play most of our games between October and fucking July instead of March and fucking October, I'm going to tell you to go fuck yourself, okay? Fuck yourself, Nisa. You pretentious ass losers. Okay, there. Please continue. Counterpoint. Fuck. Um, (laughs) Scandinavia is not part of Europe because fuck Scandinavia. Also, hey, hey. Hey, what the fuck, guys? If you're so attacked right now, you, you just hold all this Scandinavian hate for this long? It's been two <laughs> years. You just all of a sudden hate Scandinavian people? Cool. All right. See you guys later. Or never. Whatever. I don't care anymore. I'm Worse than done. the Northern Irish. Um, there's also the fact that three of those 10 teams that are expected to be on their application are in sunny California. 
Oh, beautiful. So, Fantastic. Anyway. So, cool. Um, there's also the fact that NPSL uh, put out a press release just this evening uh, hinting at plans to start a pro league following a uh, publicized summit with seven of their member teams, including the Cosmos, Miami FC, Jacksonville Armada, Detroit City, you New know, Orleans Jesters, Chattanooga, and Virginia Beach for some reason. I believe this is the league that's not going to apply for sanctioning because I heard that between They one. are not yeah, applying for sanctioning. Y- you know, uh, <laughs> this will be the Blackjack in Hookers Soccer League. <laughs> Okay. I mean, you know, buddy, I, I, I'm tired. The, the, I, maybe listeners have picked up on this. I'm kind of split on this. On the one hand, I have problems with stuff that MLS does, like the Columbus Crew situation, a few other things like the roster rules being so archaic. I would really like, but I like other things they do, like the, the salary caps, et cetera, et cetera. So, and then on the other side, I like some of the, like, independent club kind of things that, that the, these other rogue leagues are pushing, except that all of their supporters are bonkers pro-L people. There's no, like, it's, it feels like either I have to be down with the Columbus crew leaving, or I have to be down with holding up bed sheets and plane slang over stadiums. It, it, I feel like we need that rally for common sense or whatever that completely ineffective 2008 rally was that Colbert and John Stewart did together that actually kind of heralded bullshit in our political debate. So maybe we don't need it after all. Anyway, moving on. Let's now move into a segment that we call... The system only dreams in total darkness. Why are you hiding from me? Let's get national and discuss the latest from the U.S. national teams. The U.S. women's national team has announced a squad for friendlies this week against Chile. Megan Rapinoe's out with a rib injury. I thought you did. I didn't read the notes very well, so I just thought it said Megan Rapinoe out for ribs. I was like, oh, she's bringing ribs for the rest of the team. That's really Maybe cool. Maybe she was in Kansas City. You dismissed her. Yeah. Oh, man. Malpew cool. and uh, Kelly O'Hara are back from injury pew, layoffs. Pew, pew, pew. Two college players also included Stanford's Tanner Davidson and UCLA's Haley Mace. The United States U18 men's national team has won the Vaclav Jezek Trophy in the Czech Republic. They beat world champions and world beaters and other teams like UAE and Bulgaria and drew with the Czechs in, a, in the group stage. They won a final against Japan in the shootout 4-2 and then there were some notable players. 2030 World Cup, here we come. One thing that is of note, uh, Fullerine Balagoon, um, who is a pretty well-heralded striker in the Arsenal FC, of course, um, academy system, he switched from the English youth system to the U.S. for this tournament uh, with eyes towards representing the U.S. in the future and scored a couple of goals during the tournament as well, so... Well, hopefully in the future we'll find out that he was serious about this and wasn't just fullering around. Let's now move into a segment that we call the Stiff oh, Upper so Leagues. I like it so what much. are you doing in England? Mind your own business! So, <laughs> let's go into the land of the Stiff Upper Lips, England, and talk about the Premier League. Wolves won. Manchester City won. The Giants have been felled Fraudiola by... strikes again. Yeah, the ball fraud. Um, Wolves managing to get a goal off a corner, and then City managing to get the equalizer off a free kick. Uh, Wolves were coming off a handball, which might have not been a handball, according to some referee experts. 
it's let weird them yeah have let, let them yeah it's fine yeah there was also like two calls for a penalty multiple possibilities that said he should have won this game 3-1 but <laughs> whatever okay colin Restrain yourself until I tell you so. Manchester City played Tottenham Hotspur, and Spurs got the 3-0 win. Do you have any reaction? Um, The one that should have won is the sinkhole that would have enveloped the stadium. Um, so you were cheering for a Dark Knight Rises scenario? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Right, whenever whenever Man U and Tottenham play. Thank you, Colin. Now let's get to the analysis of the game. First of all, Kane scores the first goal in August in his entire career. Yeah. Now now he's a good striker. Before that, he wasn't. Yeah, yeah no, yeah, I it's mean, obvious. trash. <laughs> Who warned him uh, until this point? Lutus Mora, just a brace in the second half. Um, I'm actually not a de- I just, their I defense just, looks terrible. I'm just going to put that out there. I, I really need to mark this moment where we have said Lucas Mora's name on the podcast in a okay. positive light. That is quite something. So, okay. okay. There we I, go. I didn't realize I we were from the didn't realize that was a thing. Yeah, cool. apparently. Um, defense for Manchester United has looked dreadful. Um, Christian Eriksen, oh, Christian Eriksen, one of the two, took the boss ref Lindelof and almost had a fourth goal for Tottenham. However, Just, you do need to respect that defense, though. No, you absolutely really need to, to respect Thanks, that Jose. defense. The Jose Mourinho, third season hoodoo, as the English put it, uh, in, on their side of the Atlantic. Anyway, uh, he had his epic meltdown press conference. Dude's about three games from being fired. It's brilliant. Liverpool. Caleb, restrain yourself until I tell you so. Liverpool playing Brighton, Hove, and Albion. Again, very unfair. Two teams put out there against Liverpool. But still Liverpool coming across the 1-0 winners. All right, Caleb. If he's good enough for you, he's good enough for me. Sitting in a mosque is where I want to be. Sa-la-la-la-la-la. Sa-la-la-la-la-la. Okay, I'm done. Okay, thank you. Now we can continue with the analysis of the game. Most allow with the lone goal, as you rightfully implied. Yes. Also, Alison oh. will oh. he will he will get your heart to the point of breaking, and then he will make the save. And Loris Carius, let's not forget about him. Is uh, off to Besiktas on a uh, two-year loan option to buy after the loan ends. Newcastle played Chelsea, and the thing to note here is that Chelsea got uh, got got a goal off of DeAndre Yedlin, which, if you remember your players abroad, he's playing for Newcastle, so not very great. He did assist an equalizer after elbowing Olivier Giroud in the face, which was nice to see. Yeah, <laughs> don't <laughs> touch my Gaulish god. Uh, Arsenal playing West Ham and uh, getting the three-one win. Not West Ham, it's wham. All right. Okay, fine. Thanks. I was trying to get over our George Michael joke, man. Let the man rest in peace. It's, but still, you want to no, like... it's a thing now. Okay, all right. I mean, seeing some also, of... add a saxophone from Careless Whisper to our soundboard, please. I was just going to say, <laughs> like, the last 20 minutes or so was Careless Whisper for me. So, now, this game, you have anything to add? Everything is fine. Okay, top four, Liverpool, Chelsea, Watford, Tottenham. There's some stuff from the lower leagues, which we will end the uh, Carabao Cup. This is kind of a fun fact. Yes. Stoke City won 2 nothing against Huddersfield in the Carabao Cup. Who cares? But one notable thing, Sadio Berahino scored his first competitive goal in 913 days, 40 hours, and 26 minutes. In that time, he had 46 appearances for Stoke, and that was his first goal for Stoke. 
He over, did it. He did it. He did it. Over two years, this All man right. has not scored a goal. And now he has. Let's now move into a segment that we call They Don't Call It Soccer in brackets. Some do, though. Where we talk about soccer from the rest of the world's leagues that we haven't talked about yet. First up, Bundesliga, where Dortmund played Red Bull Leipzig, or should I say Horizon Bowl Sport Leipzig. And uh, this game ending 4-1 for Dortmund. Jesse Marsh seems like he's doing a bang-up job over at RBL. Um, they did score within like 34 seconds, something like that. And then all hell broke loose for them. Should also be noted that this week in the Bundesliga, John Brooks and Fabian Johnson both scored. Brooks' first goal uh, since joining Wolfsburg last year paved the way for a 2-1 win against Schalke per ESPN. And then for Mr. Johnson, he helped more Borussia Mönchengladbach, Mönchengladbach, tips Fedora, to beat Bayer Leverkusen 2-0. So both are, are uh, not loons, uh, Yanks abroad. There it is. Getting, getting the win. <laughs> um, La Liga. Rio Vallecano can't play at their stadium because it's in disrepair. I mean, we found the pitch that disappeared from Oklahoma City all these years ago. Yeah. They're, it's in Vallecano now. They yeah. were, Sid Lowe was talking about how the, there's this photo of, he tweeted out a photo of a player lifting up uh, a piece of the turf to look under it. That's exactly, exactly like, like the Christian photo. Of, did. Yeah, Rio <laughs> KC back in the day. So anyway, they're not going to be hosting any other home games until October. Uh, Jeff Ruder on Twitter helpfully saying that they should come and host games in OKC like the Spanish Federation wants to. Uh, maybe they could call it Rio OKC or some such, according to Jeff. I don't know where he got Sounds that crazy familiar. idea. Yeah, I mean, uh, at, my tongue, at like, the very I, least, I, know. I know of a high school stadium where there's no risk of concrete falling anywhere because it's just metal bleachers. Okay, Serie A news now. Uh, th- by the way, this was the week in which Sari, who moved from Napoli to Chelsea, uh, came out and said, uh, Italy sucks because after two, the game is 2-0, the game is over. Obviously, I'm paraphrasing a little bit, but that's what he said. He said, Italy is not as good as the Premier League because once your team is down 2-0, the game yeah. is over. The Cold. game is over 2-0 after 20 minutes. So, Napoli came back from 2-0 to win 3-2. Torino came back from 2-0 to draw 2-2. And Roma came back from 3-1 to draw 3-3. Oofta. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, uh, kind of, uh, case closed. Yeah. The Seri Jaints, the Seri Turfs, yeah. yeah. Well, anyway, you can also now watch Serie A in America because ESPN Plus has all of the games. Mm -hmm. So congratulations for that. And uh, do we want to talk about Napoli AC Milan game, which ended 3-2 to Napoli? I think we just did talk about it. Yeah, we we did. I mean, the fact that... You don't want to give Dries Mertens any credit? Call his name out? No? Well, I will say that... Sorry, go ahead. Thank you. <laughs> Is that... <laughs> no, no, it's good, it's good. That's literally all the notes we had. I uh, hope I it's just, good. I, I was going to add else? something, which is that one of my favorite like groups of people playing together is uh, Frank Rijkaard, Ruud Gullit, and, and Marco Van Basten playing together, the Dutch trio for AC Milan. And they have some really happy photos together. If you put all their names into Google with AC Milan, you can see them all smiling. It's very cute. Anyway. The cherry curls in that. Yeah. Oh. All right. Well, it's now time to move into a segment that we call Soccer Things. In the Soccer Things segment, Colin dips into the deep, dark corners of the soccer world to bring you stories you won't and shouldn't believe. So, we've talked at length about all of this nonsense with 
nice uh, NPSL getting started. However, I think a lot of our skepticism of all this really does come from certain media sources throwing cold water on it. Um, specifically, if you Google NPSL Pro News, like type that into Google News if you could. Notch, go ahead. Go do it. Okay. You know what you're going to find? 96%, 96% of all of those stories are going to come from the exact same <laughs> website, Sock Takes. The one that is run by the well-defaced at this point, Nipun Chopra. Shill. MLS shill, no less. Here's the I mean, question, we, we though. We all know this. We want to get to the conspiracy. Why is it that when you type that into Google, you don't find some of the stories from, I don't know, Midfield Press? Uh, Just don't saying. Look at me. Don't look at me. I gave up ownership of that site years ago. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, if you're only getting your news from one specific viewpoint, one that is clearly in the pockets of dollar sign UM, why is Google suppressing all of that information that comes from the rest of the soccer landscape? The landscape that rightfully is able to point out that these teams will be backed with plenty of funds to make up for the fact that they won't have access to pro refs, which may or may not be a good thing. We'll see. Also, the fact that they may or may not have access to players who would be eligible for national team call-ups because they would go into an unsanctioned league. Why are you getting none of the positive viewpoints about this? Why are you just assuming that it's all bed sheets and planes flying overhead. It is because Google is suppressing all of those alternative viewpoints. I am calling on Google <laughs> to stop this censorship. Respect the First Amendment. Okay. I think there needs to be okay. a congressional investigation <laughs> about this. What is happening? <laughs> All right, buddy. Okay. We'll get to it. We'll How get to it. How do we recover from that? <laughs> I don't know, but I think it's time uh, to, uh, to end the show for this week. And uh, why don't we start that by telling the good people where they can find us on Twitter. I'm at Olson 716 on Twitter. Also, Rec551. Um, thanks to Tonics for at least their song, Lustless. As our theme music, check them out on Bandcamp and SoundCloud. They have a show. Ah, they have a show. Show announcement. First time in a long time. September 16th at Red Sea at 6 p.m. Cedar Riverside, y'all. Yep. Hell yes. Uh, you can find me at The Attachment. You can find my shit posts at E Pluribus Lunum. Um, I think I've written all of the words I possibly can for this week, but we'll see if I come up with something else. You can find me at TWO United Fans. We Call It Soccer is produced by Nick Rodriguez, whose views on soccer and politics can be found at... Nick Rodriguez on Twitter. Tell your friends to listen to We Call It Soccer. You can subscribe to our pod on fine podcast providers everywhere. Leave us reviews if you can. And that, with that, you bid you adieu for another seven days. See you next week. But I'm